You are listening to Business First Radio. I'm Gavin Walker, and my guest today is Henry Stewart. And Henry is the founder and chief executive of Happy. And Happy's aim is to change the way people work in the UK, so they look forward to coming to work even on a Monday morning. So can his ideas change your way of doing business? Join us after this short break from our sponsor. You're listening to a podcast from Business First. And if your company had been the sponsor of this podcast, you would now be listening to your promotional message. Podcasts have become one of the most innovative, popular and cost-effective ways to get your company message into the business community. For more information on sponsoring a series of podcasts in association with Business First, please contact Gavin Walker on 9147-2119 or by visiting the Business First website at www.businessfirstonline.co.uk. And now, back to the podcast. We're back, and this morning my guest is Henry Stewart. Henry is the founder and chief executive of Happy. Uh, Henry, you're very welcome to Business First Radio. Henry, I I know you've you've come hot fruit from uh, a Made Not Born uh, seminar in Newry, and so I need to ask you, first of all, what what your thoughts are on that campaign? Um, What's what's brought you over to Northern Ireland to be a part of that? I think it's it's a great campaign. I mean, the principle that everyone has huge potential, and if you can develop them into uh, a leader... Um, it will do great things for your organisation. I absolutely committed to that. And now you've you've been in Cookstown and you've been in Newry. So uh, have you have you found a, a real awareness of what you're saying, a receptiveness, uh, an interest in putting what you're saying into into practice? Yes, um, I, I was very interested. But you know, there are a lot of small businesses, some some larger ones. Some of, some of the ideas I put across, they may find a bit challenging, but everyone there seemed seemed open to it and open to making their organisation more based on trusting their staff and giving them real freedom. Yeah, well, then let's talk a little bit about your ideas, uh, Henry, because they, they are a little bit different. Your company is called Happy. Uh, it you, is. You, you claim to, to, it's better to have people working in, that, in a happy environment, which, of course, is right, but how do you go about creating that? What are your ideas that we could use on a day-to-day basis? Okay, well, there, there's uh, a few of them, but the first, first principle we believe in is that people work best when they feel good about themselves. Most people would agree with that. So the next question then is, what then should management be about? And to me, the logical uh, conclusion is, management should be about creating an environment where people feel good. And that should be the main focus of management. I give the example of of Nando's, which you probably know, who did some research some years ago, um, into what what leads some branches to do really well and some not to do really well. And they found that the one clear correlating factor was how happy staff said they were in their, their annual staff survey. That correlated most closely with how fast uh, a branch grew and how much profit it made. And they, uh, they actually tried bonusing managers on how happy their staff were uh, as much as on sales and profits. So what, what makes a happy employee? Are you talking about a, a lack of throwing discipline out the window and just sort of having a, a happy, clappy approach to work? <laughs> um, no, it's absolutely not. There's a key accountability in there. But when you think about when you absolutely worked at your best, and I always ask my audiences this, it's not when they're well paid, it's not when communication was particularly strong, actually. What it is, it's when they were challenged and given, given trusted and given the freedom to do the job the way they wanted to. So it isn't about saying do whatever you want. It's about clear guidelines. This is what needs to be achieved. But then letting people themselves find the best way to do it, and trusting they're able to do that. That's how you get the potential out of your people. 
And yet it's still important, Henry, that we measure people's productivity. So how does, how does that tie in with the idea of, of letting them do what they think to be the right thing? Yeah, I talk about a, a framework where you clear on the principles and you also agree the targets. Um, and I ask my audience always, um, who should set the target? Should it be the manager or the individual? And the audience always says, it should be both. Uh, but I've got two questions then. Who generally sets tougher targets? According to research, it's the individual sets the tougher targets, and clearly they're more likely to be achieved if the individual sets them. So it's about setting, uh, getting your people to set targets and holding them accountable for those results. And uh, if I can give, give an example, we, we are the, we're a very public sector focus, and that's not a good place to be at the moment, so we're expanding our private sector work. And the key person there set herself a target twice what I would have set her, literally uh, double what I would have set, and is well on the way to achieving it. Well, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that should be um, reason enough to give at least give it a go. But it, it's going very much against the, the standard approach to management, isn't it? It's going against that, that top-down approach. So how do you get the managers to buy into that and to give up, the, I suppose, the power that they have? Um, the great thing for managers is it gives them a, an easier life, a less, a less stressful life. It enables them to step out of the way. Um, I talk about what I call the myth of the clever manager. Um, that uh, managers think that they've been appointed there because they're, they're clever or better or know, know best. Um, and so they generally have to approve things and they generally have to worry about things and they generally have to be involved in everything. Get away from that. You're a manager because you're great at facilitating other people. You're great at supporting people to achieve. They're, the frontline staff are often the ones that know the best solutions. Um, Enable them to do that, and you will have uh, a lower workload, less stress, and a more relaxed time. And yet, the the the, the issue there seems to be that if you for, for people who come into an organisation, uh, they do very well at their job. The next step up is a promotion. Suddenly, they're actually put into that management situation because they've been good at their job, but not necessarily because they're good at those various things that you're talking about. So, who actually selects the the, the right people to to carry out those those new ways of of, of work? Absolutely spot on. Um, what I often say is our most radical belief at Happy is that managers should be chosen to manage people on the basis of how good they are at managing people. Yeah. Because as you said, too, too often they're promoted on their core skills or because they've been there a long time. Um, so if you've got a programmer who's doing a great job, they'll get promoted to programming manager because the fact they're good at coding must mean they're good at supporting and nurturing people. You know, clearly, absolute nonsense. Um, so what we do is we make sure that you choose the people who are good with people to be managers. You give them the support, the development to be, to be absolutely great managers. Um, and then you, you, just, you get the others who aren't so strong there to focus on what their strength is and give them the training to be great at that. Okay, but then how do you, how do you reward the folks who are extremely good at what they do, who may be thinking, well, I, really could, I should be moving up the organization here? How do they get brought along with that, with that idea? Well, there's a hell of a lot of companies, ranging from IBM originally to Microsoft to BT, who do that with their key technical staff. And they find it's worthwhile paying those people uh, a good salary for their skills without putting them in charge of anybody. Right. So, so it's about giving maybe a little bit more money, some more recognition for what they can actually do. But is, is there something that to be said about sitting down with those people and saying, here's why you're not being moved up, because you have these great skills here, but you don't quite have these skills in this area that we need? It's one of the easiest conversations you can have. If you say, if you say to managers, do you love 
uh, managing people? The majority will say yes. They will say that's what motivates them. They that's what they get, what gets up them up in the morning. Those are the people that you support, you train, you develop, you build into great managers. But a whole bunch of other people say, oh God, I have a chance to not have to do that stuff. Yes. I can stick to my core stuff. That's a that's one of the easiest conversations I have with people. Okay, right. And your your own organisation. Tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Um, we're only small. Uh, we're a training company making learning about IT fun and evolving and, and training to help people create great workplaces. Um, there's, uh, as I say, 35 of us. Um, and, but we've received widespread recognition. We were rated the best company in the UK for customer service by management today. And we have, for the last five years, been in the top 20 workplaces, according to Financial Times, and a great place to work institute. So we received quite a bit of recognition for the unique kind of culture we've created. So the, the way you're doing things obviously works. So it's a, it's a great um, a great thing to present to, to your audiences and say, I'm, I'm not only saying this, but I'm doing what I'm saying as well, and it definitely works. Absolutely. And as I said today, in 20 years of business, we have never lost uh, member staff to a competitor. All right. Okay. Uh, and, and you know that that's the huge benefit. It makes recruitment hugely easier. Your staff are motivated. They the, the key ones stay with you, um, and that builds a better a better business. It isn't just about being nice to, to people for the sake of it. All the research shows uh, uh, happier, motivated workforces are more productive and build uh, better businesses. Okay. Let me ask you one one last thing, Henry. You've 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 given us these ideas. You've given your audiences this morning these ideas. Many of whom will be small businesses. Uh, may not have a, a, a big management structure. They've gone out enthralled with the ideas. They want to put them into practice. But can they get some kind of training? Can they get some kind of, of help with, with changing their organization, or do they have to do it on their own? Absolutely. As long as they've got at least 10 staff, they qualify uh, for the Made Not Born program. And be quick, because funding is changing at the end of March. If you get in now, you can get free analysis of uh, of your organization and its needs. And if you're very quick, you can even get the support and training for free. But respond now. If you wait three months, the situation will be different. That's brilliant. Listen, Henry, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. And have a safe trip home.